You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from our children's ministry director, Michael Miller. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. Now, you know what? That walk-on will make a little bit more sense when we're done. But you know what? I had a thought. You know, as, as Phil's out for the moment, you know, you guys know that he's a big WWE fan. They all have walk-on music. And he's like, he's a big theater geek too, okay? So what we really need to do is we all need to like encourage him that he needs to have awesome walk-on music when he comes back and preaches. Can I get an amen for that? You know? <laughs> so, um, so Elliot talked about, uh, in Ephesians, he talked about the, our identity in Christ, right? Like who we are in Christ. Well, uh, as I'm thinking about this, you know, our identity changes who we are. It changes what we do, you know? So I, I guess for me, as I, as I look at my, after my salvation, I look at who I am. Maybe am I, you got to show this thing. <laughs> Sorry that the words didn't work out the way it should, but yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, so that's what, we talk, that's what we're talking about. We're in Ephesians. We've talked about identity in Christ and we're, we're headed to talk more than just what we do, but also who we are and, and our roles. And we have roles in the church. We have roles in the family. Today, I want to talk about our roles as couples, as husbands and wives. Um, so could you show, could you show the, um, the who's the boss slide? Yeah. I, who's as old as me and remembers this? Anybody? If you guys remember, if you guys remember this thing, there was this issue. We got like three adults living in the same house, and it's kind of hard to figure out who's the boss. That's the reason why it's, that's the name of the show. And the cool thing for a show is there's chaos, right? You know, people fuss, people fight, and as we watch it on TV, it's funny. It's awesome because you get to see all the fussing and fighting and chaos. Chaos makes great TV. But does chaos make a good family? No, it might be fun to watch, but do you want your family to have problems of knowing who's the boss? I, I don't. So let's, let's talk about it. Um, you know, because the reason why we need to talk about it, the reason why we need to understand our, our roles, and I know this as a children's director, is that children are crazy. I know your children. They are crazy. It is very difficult to deal with them, isn't it? Thank you. At least somebody's honest. I have kids, and they're difficult. So we have to figure out our roles in the family to, to, you know, to be able to, to serve God and to serve our families. Um, so yeah, the, the children, children are crazy. Adults need help. Even if you don't have children, relationships can be hard. So let's, let's talk about that. You know what? Before, before, we, before we talk about what I want to know is this question in our family. Who's the boss? So just as we're going through, I just want you to think about it deeply. But what we're going to do first, Ernie, is we're going to go to what the Bible says. So let's, let's look at uh, Ephesians chapter 5. Now this is from the ESV. I'm going to read the whole passage up front so we get an idea of where we're going. So we're in Ephesians chapter 5, uh, verses 22 through 33. You guys ready? All right, let's read this. Wives... Uh-oh. Submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, 
even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound. And I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. (sighs) Okay, everybody calm down. Everybody calm down. I I, I already see it. I know it. I know the the, the men are like, yeah, honey. Mm -hmm." (laughs) Did you hear what, what Paul said to the Ephesians there? He said that you submit to me, right? And the wives are sitting there saying, he's supposed to love me like Christ loves the church. Okay, guys, guys, just take, here, everybody do this. Everybody in through your nose, out through your mouth. Okay, we're going to get through this thing, okay? We're going to get through this thing. But, but first, you know, I, I cheated. I didn't read verse 21. And t- verse 21 is pretty important. So you know what? Let's look at verse 21. Now, I don't have that on the screen, so that's my fault. And I only have it in front of me, so I'm going to go back to it, too. So I'm going to do Who has the Bible app? Anybody? Good. So let's, let's go to um, uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. I'm just going to read this. Okay, it says, Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And that's not a complete sentence. There's a topic before. We'll get more to that, but I want you to hear this. This is crazy. A lot of you guys did not know this. I love to tell your kids, hey, I look left and look right, and I'm like, hey, can I tell you guys something your parents don't know? They're all like, yeah. I can't do that here. But I mean, maybe you guys have parents that are still alive. Hey, guys, let me tell you something your parents don't know. In verse 22, where it says, wives... Submit to your own husbands. Did you guys know in the Greek, the word submit doesn't appear? It's not even a complete sentence. It says, wives to your own husbands. What? But what we have to see is verse 21 is the full sentence. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, wives to your husbands. Oh, so that's the reason why they put the word submit in there. So we are as a church and as a family, we are to submit to each other. And, the way, and so it's not a question of who or if, it's a, it's, a, it's a question of how. Women are to submit. How? Well, the answer here is in, is in Scripture, verse 22, right? That the wife submits to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, right? We see this. So now, women, this is the chance where you can get mad at me. So go ahead, every, you know, put your mean face on first, okay? Um, because we are submitting to each other, but, but women are submitting to the husbands. Oh, no. But how? 
that's, that's a cool thing when you're like, oh, you submit your, but how? What does that mean? Does that mean that your husband's some like dictator tyrant sitting on a throne and that you just go to his every whim? Is that what that means? Let's take, let's take a look at this. In verse 22, it says that we are to submit to the Lord. Oh, so one way that wives submit to their husband is first submitting to the Lord. I think it was Brenda. I heard, I heard someone say this morning, jokingly, but yet it's, it's a great point, that, um, that she said, my husband knows that I... Was that you, Brenda? It said that my husband knows that he's number two because Jesus is number one. So first women, we are submitting to Christ. That's the first way that we can actually submit to our husbands is being holy, submitting to Jesus. And, and so we, we also see in verse 33... We see in verse 33 that wives are to respect their husbands. Okay, submit to Jesus, respect your husbands. Now, what does respect mean? That's a tough one. And at the end of this, I'm going to get to some application on how wives can respect their husbands. Because that's the best way to have that submission to your husband is just to respect him. All right. So are you guys ready to kill me yet, ladies? Okay. Um, so what I want to do is, is put up that put up the, the slide of, of this is my favorite slide. You got the, the next one? It's a, it's a picture. It's work because this is this is yes. So who's the boss? And I have a poor, sad, crying lady because ladies, I love you, but you're not the boss. I know, I know. I, I see the stones being thrown already. Um, uh, please don't walk out. This, this sermon gets worse, okay? <laughs> All right, men. All my men. Your challenge is to be men. All right, yes. Now, men, here's the kicker. <laughs> so look at this, how the scripture works. I told you in verse 21 that it said that we're to submit to each other. And the way that wives submit to each other, they, they submit to their husbands, right? And the way they submit is by respecting their husband and by, and by basically being in love with Jesus and following Jesus first. But see, the thing, the topic here is submission. Guess what, guys? This topic is also about your submission to your wife. Oh, no. Well, that really messes things up because as guys were like, yeah, that's right, woman. Don't call your wife woman. It's a bad idea. <laughs> We're like, yeah, that's right, woman. You're supposed to submit to me. I'm the king. Well, you're submitting too. So this passage, again, for guys, it's not about if you submit. It's about how you submit to your wife. Oh, snap. Now the guys are going to throw rocks at me, and they might even throw them harder. <laughs> so I want to tell a story real quick. I want to stand up so my, so my feet don't fall asleep, right? Um, as you guys know, I retired from the military. I've got about 10 years of full-time service, about 10 years of regular National Guard, reservist kind of stuff. And I retired as a sergeant first class, which is like, the, normally the position for that is a platoon sergeant, right? Um, and so you understand a platoon is like, it's like 40-ish guys and girls, right? And, and what happens is, you know, you, you help lead these kids to accomplish a mission, but there's something interesting. Well, first off, there's in a company, in a company, there's, there's normally four platoons. So you've got like 20 to 40 kids in a platoon. You've got about three to four platoons in a company, right? There's a company commander in charge of all those platoons. And, and, but then you have this platoon leader 
that, that speaks life into these kids, right? And there are four of them. But let's talk about one platoon for a moment, just one. There's a platoon sergeant, a guy like me, that's been in the army forever, that if they were allowed to grow beards, because I'm retired and I'm allowed to, they, they would have colors like this, because those kids stress you out. And your kids stress me out, and that's what happens. <laughs> so what happens here is there's a platoon leader. Now, the platoon leader, and, uh, and Tony would know because he's an officer. And, and sorry, Tony, don't walk out on this one. These young platoon leaders, they're lieutenants, and they're like 24, 26 years old. They went to college, and they got a degree, and, uh, and they went to, to a, an army leadership school, and they know everything because that's what 20-some-odd-year-old kids do. They know absolutely everything, right? And so what the army does is this hilarious thing. They say, hey, young 25, 26-year-old kid, you're in charge of this platoon. Have fun. And then yet there's some old dude like me that's, that's been you know, overseas that, that, that knows the army you know, really well. And then this platoon leader is in charge of this platoon sergeant and the platoon. A stupid lieutenant, a stupid you know, uh, platoon leader says, I'm the man and you all shall do what I say because I'm in charge. I'm being evaluated by the commander and you do what I say. And often when a young kid does that, they fail and they, they get a bad evaluation and they end up not staying in the army because they didn't have good evaluations for their first leadership job. And the, the army's like, this guy can't cut it, Right. A wise platoon leader listens to every single word that old platoon sergeant says and, and like lives and breathes on every word that platoon sergeant says. They work together. When they have to make decisions, they make decisions together as a team. Though the lieutenant is being evaluated by the commander, the platoon sergeant knows what he's doing and they work together. And when they do that, they succeed. And when they succeed, that lieutenant does a good job and he gets promoted and he moves on and he moves on and he moves on. Does that make sense? A wise platoon leader listens to every single word that the platoon sergeant says. And the thing is, you know what? I was going to give something away. I'll wait. Because a little later, I want to talk about the commander in that situation. But we'll get there. So guys, I know, right, Jesus, when he tells parables, he's way wiser than I am, and he leaves you hanging and lets you think about it. I'm, I'm not going to do that. I want to kind of to decode the parable, and I think most of you already have, right? The Bible here says about, about men that you're responsible, that you will be evaluated like the platoon leader. So the success of your family, you're going to stand before God one day and be judged for how you led your family. The question is, how did you lead your family? Did you succeed? Did you fail? And, and in that, how did you work with your wife? Did, did you simply just tell her what to do and try to be a king? Or did you work together and did you submit to her as she submitted to you like a wise platoon leader would? And of course, in the parable, men, you're the platoon leader. And ladies, you're that, you're that uh, old, old, ugly 
platoon sergeant. <laughs> That's terrible. I'm gonna, I really am going to get rocks thrown at me now. So husbands, we've just, we've just said that you have to submit to your wives. Okay, but you're responsible, and that's weird, that's difficult. Let's talk about that for a second, okay? Husbands, you are to love. I know some of you, that's not like in you, right? You're rough and you're tough. You've got your, your big belt buckle, and you've got your uh, cowboy boots in your truck, and you're like, I'm a man. And I get it. I understand but you have to somehow take that manliness and, and bring it into loving your wives like Christ loved the church. Now, I want you guys to think about how Christ loved the church. You guys, you guys know the Bible. At the end, Jesus is crying, sweating drops of blood in Gethsemane. And what is he praying about? He's praying about having to go to the cross. Here's a weird thing that I've been thinking about all week that, that I really don't know how to handle this, but I'm just going to tell you so maybe you guys can process it too. Jesus didn't want to be crucified. He didn't want to be beaten. He wants to save you, but remember, if you see in the Bible, that he's kind of praying like, is there any other way that we can do this, Father? Because that's not what he... he I mean, that would be crazy to want to be crucified. Like, yay, put nails in my hands and make me bleed and torture me. No, Jesus didn't want to do that. And we're to love our wives like Christ loved the church. Sometimes we have to submit to our wives to do what she needs, not to do what we want. Ultimately, what did Jesus do? Jesus submitted to the Father. Jesus submitted to the church. He submitted his very life and he died on a cross for you and for me. He submitted to what we needed. Men, as, as we submit to our wives, we need to submit to the point of death if need be, which means it's not about you. Hear this, guys. It's not about you at all. It's, it's not about what you want it's not about what you need. It's about what your family needs. And, and, and it's about more than that. It's about Jesus. So I, I want men to be humbled for a moment. I, just, I, I need you to be humbled for just a moment. So we, we see that we're to love our wives like Christ loved the church. We're also to be responsible. Again, we are being evaluated. This isn't a joke. You know, I have something on my notes that um, I'll run through, but there's something else that, that I need to say. The next thing is unity. I think I have a slide that just says unity. Isn't that a creative slide, guys? That's great. Um, so back to the question, who's the boss? Men, are you the boss? No. Women, are you the boss? No. Oh, no. Who's the boss? So, real quick, I want to talk about unity. The idea is we are to submit to one another in verse 21, right? And, and that's the reason why that word submit doesn't come in verse 22. We are to submit to one another. Wives submit to their husbands. Husbands submit to their wives. Children are to submit to their parents. Parents submit to their children in a weird way, and we'll get to that next week. I'll explain that. 
So this, this, is all, this is all difficult. This is all weird. But you're one flesh, wives and husbands. You're one flesh. You're together. You're unified in Christ. And so I got to stand up one more time, guys. I'm sorry. Because this is, this is not in my notes and this is important. What I'm about to tell you does not work unless you have Jesus. This does, what I'm about to tell you does not work unless you have Jesus. So I, I want to pause and remind you that Jesus loves you enough that he died for you. Like I talked about, the fact that Jesus died for you e even though he didn't want to. He loves you enough that he submitted to do that so that you can be with him. And we believe, we believe that Jesus did this, right? We believe in Jesus. And you know, Jesus died and he resurrected. He ascended into heaven. People saw it. It proved his claim that Jesus is God. Everybody say that with me. Jesus is God. One more time. Jesus is God. He asks us to believe that. He also asks us to receive it. And Paul talks about in, uh, in, in Romans 10 about how if we call upon the name of the Lord, we'll be saved. We confess with our mouth, we'll be saved. Guys, if you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he is the, what I'm about to tell you doesn't matter. So that's the first thing. When I'm done, I want to encourage you, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you haven't asked him to forgive you for the wrong things that you've done, if you, if you haven't asked him to, to come into your life, and if you haven't said, God, my life is yours. I dedicate my life to you. So please, God, save me. If you haven't done that, that's the most important thing, not just for you as an individual, but for you and your family. All right, let me go back to um, the analogy with the platoon sergeant and the platoon leader. I told you there's, they're in a company, right? So there's a company commander, and he's got about four platoons. He's got all these platoon leaders and all these platoon sergeants. He's got about four sets of them. Who's in charge? Really, who's in charge of the platoon? Is it the platoon leader or is it the platoon sergeant or somebody else? It's the commander. The commander is in charge of the company. He's in charge of everything. And when the commander says something, you do what the commander says. Platoon sergeant, platoon leader, it doesn't matter. You have to follow the commander. Period, end of story, no discussion. The commander is in charge of the platoon because he's in charge of the company. He just delegates you some responsibility as a platoon leader, as a platoon sergeant. Now, as a family, who's the commander? Say that again, somebody. Jesus is your commander. God is your commander. In Ephesians 4, verses 15 and 16, it says, I don't know if I, we have, yeah, we have it. It says, uh, Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ from the whole body, joined and held together by every joint which is equipped self up in love. So I use the analogy of a platoon. Paul's using the analogy of the body. The point is Jesus is the commander. Jesus is the head. The body cannot work without the head. The platoon cannot work without the commander. Jesus is in charge of your marriage. And that's the reason why I quickly presented the plan of salvation because if you have not accepted Jesus as your savior, he is not the head of your family. And you will fail. 
Who's the boss? Who's the boss? Put, put up that slide. I think I should have it. Yeah. Jesus is the boss. Jesus is the commander. We have to ultimately submit to him, and that's difficult. What do we do? You know, we've said that women, to, to submit to Jesus, to submit to their husbands, we've said that women need to be respectful, right? We've said that men should be responsible and loving. How do we, how do we submit to Jesus and our spouses? This is great, Michael. You're, we have to submit to Jesus. We have to submit to each other. Fantastic. End of story. No, we got to talk about this for just a moment. A key to, to respecting men is to listen. A key to loving women is to listen. We have to listen to each other. I want to show you an example, guys. Um, we'll use this bottled water for a minute. Um, Christian, come here. Come right here, bud. He is not prepared for this. God bless Christian. I thought you were going to that on my head. Okay, see this bottle of water. I want to teach you a technique because what happens when we're trying to figure out decisions, when we're trying to follow Jesus, we have to talk, Right? So we want to pray before we get into a conversation about anything. If you're fussing over whatever you're fussing about, like, babe, we need to pause. God, be in the situation. Work with us. Help us. Be with us. Invite God into your conversation. And as God is in your conversation, and, and we're speaking, the person with the water bottle or whatever it is you have in your house, it could be your wallet, your phone, whatever. The person that has this does the speaking. And so what will happen is I will say some things and his job is to repeat what I said, but not exactly what I said in his own words, right? We'll see if you can do it. So all you got to do is, is you're going to repeat, what, you're going to say what I said, but you're not going to say it in the same. We're going to try to make sure that you understand it, all right? So um, let's say, uh, I really need you to work harder on your homework. Now, when I say that, he gets to paraphrase it. So what am I saying? So you're basically saying that... Um uh, I either it's a I don't do my homework or b uh, um, that I don't have the the um ability. I, I procrastinate a lot. Okay, so so if you I know you didn't, might not have picked them up in the mic, but he he basically took what I said, he paraphrased, and he added to it that he's understanding that he procrastinates, and needs to do a better job in his homework. Good. Um, and then and then I'll say um, um, I love you. And I, and I think that you have great potential. Uh, that basically means that um, you're saying that you're just saying that, I, that you love me and that I have a lot. There's a lot of things I could do. Yes. But it's not happened yet. <laughs> okay. So good. So what he says is that, that, that he thinks that there's a lot that he could do, but it hasn't happened yet, which is, which is interesting because, because what I can do is I can clarify it's like, no, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to be negative and say that. I know. But so this is what, now here's, here's how this works, guys. Now he wants to speak, doesn't he? So I spoke and he paraphrased. Now he gets to speak and I paraphrase. So tell me what you think. Just anything. Just tell me anything. Um, you have nice shoes. All right. He said, I have nice shoes. And, and, when I, and I would say it seems that as a father, 
I have trained you in the ways that you should go, and you like Jordan 6s. Fantastic. <laughs> All right, good job, bud. You can sit down. So I know that's funny. We did it with Christian, but when you guys are, when you guys are upset and you're wanting to fight and you're having trouble listening, what happens is we, we tend to talk. We talk over the other person. We tend to yell. And then you're not even hearing what they're saying. And at the end of the day, instead of solving the problem, you end up making the problem worse. Because now you said something stupid and she's mad at you. Am I right? So if you're getting mad, pause, pray, and be like, I got the water bottle. And the key is you only say a sentence or two. You don't go on and on. You just say a couple sentences and you say, you know, what was I saying? And then she paraphrases it. And you say another thing. She paraphrases it. Don't do this more than five times. You have a limit. You get five times. That's it. And then you hand it off. And then she, she responds, right? And, she, and, and you paraphrase. She responds. You paraphrase. You keep doing this until you both have hurt each other, and then you've calmed down, and you can solve the problem. So my point here with this, guys, and the band can come on up. My, my point here with this, guys, is that um, we have to listen to each other. We have to listen to each other. This you can use with your kids too, just like I did with Christian. And, uh, and learn, set some rules with this that you can't go on and on. You have no more than five statements that, you know, at once. So you have to share. And, and, if, and if they're not paraphrasing you correctly, if they're injecting things, you can, you can correct them and make sure they understand what you're saying. Because I remember how, how Christian said that when, when I said, I, I love you and I think you have great potential, he was like, so you're saying that, um, that I have great potential, but I could do better. No, that's not what I was saying. What I was trying to say is, because I said something that sounded negative at first, I wanted to encourage him. So what I could have done in that situation if we had more time is, is I, could, I could basically stop and I could say, hey, uh, you know, that's not what I meant, dude. I'm just saying I love you and I think you're awesome. So as we close, guys, the overall point that I want you all to hear the important thing is Jesus is the commander. Jesus is the boss. Men, you're not a dictator. Women, I love you, but you're not a queen. Jesus is the king. And we all must submit to him. And it starts with salvation. If you don't know Jesus... Come see me, one of the elders, one of the folks in the prayer team, and let's talk about you knowing Jesus, okay? And if you do know Jesus, put him at the head of your family. All right, guys, I love you. I thank you. And let's praise God. Let's sing. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly Impact Bible Study podcast as well. Both of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.